And she was very beautiful, you know? And together they turned everything into a kind of an adventure. And she liked that. Just an ordinary trip down to the grocery store was full of adventure. And they were always laughing at stupid things. He liked to make it laugh. And they didn't much care for anything else uh, because all they wanted to do was be with each other. They were always together. And he, he loved her more than he ever felt possible. He couldn't stand being away from her um, during the day when he went to work. So he'd quit just to be home with her. Then he'd get another job when the money ran out. And then he'd quit again. But pretty soon she started to worry. About what? Money, I guess. Not having enough. Hmm. Not knowing when the next check was coming in. Yeah, I know that feeling. So he started to get kind of torn inside coming in. Yeah, I know that feeling. So he started to get kind of torn inside. Well, he knew he had to work to support her, but he couldn't stand being away from her either. And the more he was away from her, the crazier he got. Except now, he got really crazy. He started imagining all kinds of things. Like what? He started thinking that she was seeing other men on the sly. He'd come home from work and accuse her of spending the day with somebody else. He'd yell at her to break things in the trailer. The trailer. Yes. They lived in a trailer home. Anyway, he started to drink real bad. He'd stay out late to test her, to see if she'd get jealous. He wanted her to get jealous, but she didn't. She just worried about him. But that got him even madder. He thought if she never got jealous of him that she didn't really care about him. Jealousy was a sign of her love for him. And then one night, one night, she told him that she was pregnant. She was about three or four months pregnant, and he didn't even know. And then suddenly everything changed. He stopped drinking, got a steady job. He was convinced that she loved him now because she was carrying his child. And he was going to dedicate himself to making a home for her. But a funny thing started to happen. He didn't even notice it at first. 
she started to change. From the day the baby was born, she began to get irritated with everything around her. She got mad at everything. Even the babies seemed to be an injustice to her. He kept trying to make everything all right for her, buy her things, take her out to dinner once a week. But nothing seemed to satisfy her. For two years, he struggled to pull them back together like they were when they first met. But finally, he knew it was never going to work out. So he hit the bottle again. But this time it got mean. This time when he came home late at night, she wasn't worried about him or jealous. She was just enraged. She accused him of holding her captive by making her have a baby. She told him that she dreamed about escaping. That was all she dreamed about, escape. She saw herself at night running naked down a highway running across fields, running down riverbeds, always running. And always, just when she was about to get away, he'd be there. He would stop her somehow. He would just appear and stop her. And when she told him these dreams, he believed them. He knew she had to be stopped or she'd leave him forever. So he tied a cowbell to her ankle so he could hear at night if she tried to get out of bed. But she learned how to muffle the bell by stuffing a sock into it and inching her way out of the bed and into the night. He caught her one night when the sock fell out and he heard her trying to run to the highway. He caught her and dragged her back to the trailer and tied her to the stove with his belt just left her there, went back to bed, and lay there listening to her scream. Then he listened to his son's scream. And he was surprised at himself because he didn't feel anything anymore. All he wanted to do was sleep. And for the first time, he wished he were far away. in a deep, vast country where nobody knew him. Somewhere without language. Or streets. And he dreamed about this place without knowing its name. And when he woke up, he was on fire. There were blue flames burning the sheets of his bed. He ran through the flames toward the only two people he loved. They were gone. His arms were burning, and he threw himself outside and rolled on the wet ground. Then he ran. He never looked back at the fire. He just ran. until the sun came up and he couldn't run any further and when the sun went down he ran again 
five days he ran like this, until every sign of man had disappeared.
Flat Black Plastic is the show on Mutiny Radio that you're listening to. Keep it listening. August 1934. Several months later, I began to feel heavy and tremors inside of my womb. My breasts are full of milk. The child does not belong in my life, for I have too many people to take care of. I have already too many children. As D.H. Lawrence said, do not bring any more children into the world, bring hope into the world. There are too many men without hope and faith in the world. Too much work to do, too many to serve and care for. Already, I have more than I can bear. I sit in the studio in the dark, talking to my child. You should not be thrust into this black world, in which even the greatest joys are tainted with pain, in which we are slaves to material forces. He kicked and stirred. So full of energy, my child. How much better it would be if you had stayed away from Earth in obscurity and unconsciousness, in the paradise of non-being. My little one not born yet, you are the future. I would prefer to live with men in the present, not with future extensions of myself into the future. I feel your small feet kicking against my womb. It is very dark in the room we're sitting in, just as dark as it must be for you inside of me. But it must be sweeter for you to be lying in the warmth than it is for me to be seeking in this dark room the joy of not knowing, not feeling, not seeing, the joy of lying still and quiet in utter warmth and darkness. All of us forever seeking again this warmth and this darkness, this being alive without pain, this being alive without anxiety or fear or loneliness. You are impatient to live. You kick with your small feet, my little one not born yet. You ought to die in warmth and darkness. You ought to die because in the world there are no real fathers, not in heaven or on earth. The German doctor has been here. While he examines me, we talk about the persecution of the Jews in Berlin. Life is full of terror and wonder. He said, you were not built for maternity. I sit in the dark studio and talk to the child. You can see by what is happening in the world that there is no father taking care of us. We are all orphans. 
You will be a child without a father, as I was a child without a father. That is why I did all the caring. I nursed the whole world. When there was war and persecution, I wept for all the wounds inflicted. And where there were injustices, I struggled to return life, to recreate hope. The woman loved and cared too much. But inside of this woman, there is still a child. There is still the ghost of a little girl forever wailing inside, wailing the loss of her father. Will you go about, as I did, knocking on windows, watching every caress and protective love given to other children? For as soon as you will be born, as just as soon as I was born, man, the husband, lover, friend, will leave, as my father did. Man is a child, afraid of fatherhood. Man is a child and not a father. Man is an artist who needs all the care, all the warmth for himself, as my father did. There's no end to his needs. He needs faith, indulgence, humor. He needs worship, good cooking, mended socks, elves, a hostess, a mistress, a mother, a sister, a secretary, a friend. He needs to be the only one in the world. He will hate your wailing and your slobbering and your sickness and my feeding you rather than his work, his creation. He might cast you aside for this love of his work which brings him praise and power. He might run away as my father ran away from his wife and children and you would be abandoned as I was. It would be better to die than to be abandoned for you would spend your life haunting the world for this lost father this fragment of your body and soul, this lost fragment of your very self. There is no father on earth. We were deluded by this shadow of God the Father cast on the world, a shadow larger than man. This shadow you would worship and seek to touch, dreaming day and night of its warmth and of its greatness, dreaming of it covering you and lulling you, larger than a hammock, as large as the sky, big enough to hold your soul and all your fears, larger than man or woman, than church or house, the shadow of a magic father who is nowhere to be found. It is the shadow of God the Father. It would be better if you died inside of me, quietly, in the warmth and in the darkness. The doctor does not hear the breathing of the child. He rushes me to the clinic. I feel resigned and yet deep down terrified of the anesthetic. Feeling of oppression, remembrance of other anesthetics, anxiety, like a birth trauma. The child is six months old. They might save it. Anxiety. Fear of death, fear of yielding to eternal sleep. But I lay smiling and joking. I was wheeled to the operating room, legs tied and raised, the pose of love in a cold, white operating room, with the clatter of instruments and the smell of antiseptics and the voice of the doctor and I trembling with cold, blue with cold and anxiety. The smell of ether, the cold numbness trickling through the veins, the heaviness, 
the paralysis, but the mind still clear and struggling with the concept of death, against death, against sleep. The voices grow dimmer. I have no longer the capacity to answer. The desire to sigh, sob, to murmur. Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame? Ça va, madame?
and welcome to the weekly review with Roman talking very far away from the microphone. Today, it's Friday, March 20th, 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio. We're in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land, and there's lots of information that folks can do to learn about the land that we are on, and I'll just share a few resources for folks. One would be to go to ramaytush.com, and that's R-A-M-A-Y-T-U-S-H.com. You can learn about the history of the land and folks who are still here. And you can also, I would encourage folks to pay the Shumi land tax, and that's S-H-U-U-M-I land tax, and that's based in the East Bay. Also, if you go to the White Noise Collective, there is a section on their website, uh, lots of readings on decolonization. So yes, lots of ways that we can learn and unlearn <sighs> about, <sighs> well, learn about the origins of this land and how colonization has continued and very much brought us to this point that we are living in right now. I was debating whether or not to come into the, the station today. I was really hesitant to, and I usually, unless I have something else, I've pretty much tried my best to keep my Fridays clear and open for the past six years so I could come in and do the show. And unless I have, like, an opportunity that's hard to turn down or I'll try to record ahead of time and have Pam or someone else uh, play it while they're here, I very rarely skip shows. So it was really weird that, um, in a way, I didn't have anything else planned uh, this Friday. Quite the opposite. I did have guests who were planning to come in, and we've had to postpone it a little bit, and we'll most likely be able to do a radio call in hopefully this weekend and have it up and going for folks soon. So just with everything going on, it's plans have had to shift a little bit, and I was debating because I've been really trying just to stay in, um, and then I was like, oh, is I even do I even need to go in? Do I want to go in? And I'm not. We don't have the capabilities, unfortunately, to. I mean, I could record from home, but I wouldn't be able to broadcast from home at the moment. So I was really hesitant to come in, and I was. You know, talked with some folks and was like, yes, a reminder that media is important. Radio broadcasting is important to, it's an important service to provide folks, especially since there is so much misinformation and lies and folks in positions of power have been covering up information that would save lives. And that's, I could have said that at any point in history, pretty much, and we're really seeing it now. And it's important that for those of us who do have resources to get the word out, and most of the show is me sharing words from other folks and providing resources for people. Because I know, um, I just realized I'm still wearing my bike helmet. That's kind of where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I've been here. I got in early to, to, to sanitize things, spray the doorknobs, and clean the microphone, and put wet wipes on surfaces. And uh, I'm still wearing my bike helmet. I was like, oh, I'm maybe I'm just uncomfortable because I, I did have a mask on earlier. And I've got my gloves on, and I'm standing up because I had sanitized the chair. I'm also just very much, I'd rather be overly uh, cautious. I don't know the last time someone was here, but still, a uh, virus can live on surfaces for, depending on the surfaces, you know, anywhere from a few hours to a few days, and just wanting to be, wanting to be as careful as I can be. And also the, the idea that if you, you know, the idea is to behave as if you have it already, to make sure you don't spread it onto others. So being aware of that. So I'm, I am wearing my bike helmet. That obviously will not protect me from much unless I fall off my bike, which I'm clearly not on at the moment. I just think that's funny. I am still wearing my bike helmet. Okay. 
oh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Um, sharing resources for folks. Yes, when I find myself to be depressed or anxious, which is, I think, a lot of the time, and also recognizing many of us, I feel like if you are alert and aware in the world, if you're a human being, if you're perceptive, if you witness things, if you have witnessed things, if you've experienced trauma, if you've witnessed trauma, if you have engaged at all in being a human being on this planet, uh, uh, those feelings are natural to come up and at times feel really overwhelming. And of course, these feelings are natural. It's a natural reaction to what is going on and to what has happened before us and the world that we've inherited and what we're living in and taking part in. And it feels insurmountable in a way to change it and even to live through it and to be our best. And you know, I, I feel like the ideal versions of ourselves at our very best, we're kind and we're generous and we do more for others than we do for ourselves and we provide and we tell the truth and we don't want to hurt people, yet that's, I think under capitalism, it's fucking impossible to survive under those, under these conditions that in a way reward folks who are dishonest, it rewards violence, it rewards selfishness, um, short term, it's all short term of course, but there are not a lot of pieces in place in order to encourage behavior that celebrates and honors collaboration. And collaboration and taking care of each other is of course what will save us. <sighs> so in times like this, when the anxiety and the depression are really high, uh, if one is able, and again, it's not about productivity, it's not about what, you know, what people should do, because of course we all have different abilities and different capabilities, and that also changes from moment to moment. There are some days when I feel like, oh, I can do this, this, and this, and other days I just cannot. And that's totally okay. And so I also want to do the show as a way of providing options for folks. So if people are, are at home and have access to being online and want to do something, there are so many different ways that folks can show up for one another, whether it's signing a petition, it's encouraging jails to begin to release people, encouraging ICE to just shut the fuck up and not exist anymore. There's probably a different way of saying that but that's kind of where my energy's at at the moment. Or cops to stop arresting people and harassing homeless folks. Also, my energy, that's where my rage is at. My rage is there and things that were already in place and happening. <sighs> okay, <sighs> donating supplies, donating food, checking up on folks who might not have as much access as you do. These are all things that folks can do. If you have kids, ways to share what's actually happening with kids, to, um, not necessarily keep folks entertained, but to also just to communicate and do what's best to care for each other. And there's so many options out there, and there are so many resources out there, and there always have been, and I think perhaps now that so many of us are in, the, are in a similar, not that we're in the same situation, but we're all facing a similar fear, or at least a similar threat, certainly, because virus can affect anybody. And yes, folks with more uh, status and wealth will have more access to testing, which is fucked up. Lots of rage. Lots of rage going on. The point is that viruses do not discriminate. So the fact that more and more folks are recognizing what's going on and more people are feeling maybe afraid, it's important to recognize what solutions there are, or at least ways, not necessarily even solutions, but just op op action items, fo things that folks can do. Um, so there's a lot of mutual aid kits out there. There's a lot of also tips on gardening and farming if you have access to land, whether indoor or outdoor, growing your own vegetables and fruits and herbs and spices and all of these things that of course, you know, folks were doing, people were taking care of the land, living off the land before uh, it was colonized. <laughs> so, so much of it. And then we're also seeing the animals are coming back into various places where the humans are not, uh, you know, roaming around so much. And some folks have been like, oh, humans, we're the virus. And my whole feeling is it's, it's really a 
colonialism and capitalism is the virus itself. These are systems that are in place designed to hurt animals, hurt the earth, for us to hurt each other and to not live safely. And again, there are so many jobs out there. We're talking about jobs. There are jobs out there that involve hurting other people. So if you need to make money in order to survive and have a roof over your head and it pays less to be a teacher than it does to be a cop, something's fucking wrong there. Sending lots of love and solidarity to all the folks out there, the grocery store workers out there, and the clerks, and the folks out there who are working on helping people under some not-so-great conditions, all the healthcare workers. There are folks who are getting infected, and they're doing it. They're putting their lives on the line to help others, and I think that's beautiful, and it's also fucked up that we're in this place. And that people knew about this for months and didn't do anything, and now we're also hearing about certain members of Congress who, like, also – traded stocks, they knew about this, and they're like, oh, this is going to be bad. Let me make some money off this disaster. But that's, again, what they fucking do. Similar to when they have wars. And I think now there's also just this idea that um, I, and I apologize, I um, can't think of the name of the person whom I heard this from, but this idea that uh, fascism is, it's like colonialism turned inwards. I mean, we're also, we've, the Amer United States, let's just put it out there, imperialism has gone to other countries, there's been blockades, there's been uh, coups, there's, you know, overthrowing other governments, there's been you know, embargoes to, like, and not allowing other countries to get resources, there's been folks going in, killing people, dropping bombs, stealing resources, etc. So that's, and for some of us living in this country, we might not see it firsthand, but we still are, in a way, benefiting from it in a way where it's like, oh, I don't think about where this thing I bought came from or who made it or the circumstances or why this certain thing is a certain price. So now we're seeing, I think, more of it just, again, turned inwards. We're seeing the effects of this mentality and this behavior turned inwards where, yeah, folks don't have health coverage. Yes, medicine's too expensive. Yes, if folks don't have work, they may lose their housing, which is a human right. So there's all these things. I should probably sit down and take off my bike helmet. But maybe I'll just stand up and, and rant for a little bit. That's kind of just, you know, where we're at, and it's so frustrating because so many folks have been saying this for years and years and years that protections need to be put in place. People, war criminals, need to be held accountable for their actions, and instead it's like the opposite. It's folks who are, the you know, poverty has been criminalized, so you've got folks who are incarcerated for, I don't know, maybe stealing food or maybe selling weed, which are things that I honestly have no fucking problem with. People are doing these things to survive. Yet you got war criminals, plenty of folks out there. We can name names, Dick Cheney, Karl Rove, all these folks. Henry Kissinger, he's still alive. Why? Why is he not in The Hague? And if you're listening to this show for the first time, hi, welcome. It's not a comedy show. Uh, this is also kind of why I stopped doing comedy is I would get up there and rant about these things. And this was, you know, four years ago. And uh, I, I understand folks don't necessarily want to listen if they want to go to a show and, and laugh and think about the world. And it's, I'm like, oh, there are people in positions of power who are trying to kill us. That's not really funny, that's awful. Yet it's the truth, so I understand it'd be helpful to find some humor in it, but it's sometimes it's difficult to find humor when one is terrified. <sighs> okay, where was I going with this? Uh, I was going somewhere with it. Where was I going with this? Yeah, that's kind of uh, where we're at, people in positions of power. Oh yeah, if you're listening for the first time and you think, uh, oh, I'm a lefty and I like Democrats, I don't. I don't like the corporate Democrats are fucking awful. They've gone along with 
so many awful policies. They have cut funding, social services throughout the years. They have signed on to wars. They have increased mass incarceration. They've cut food stamps. They've done a lot of irreparable harm to human beings, and they can go fuck themselves too. So this is just uh, to anyone supporting that line. It's not necessarily how much folks identify. It's really how uh, or how they identify. It's more their behaviors and policies that they support that I find to be problematic. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's where I've been at. However, hope is on the way. I say that because, I actually, this reminds me, I went to, I've gone, unplug the mic there for a second. I have talked to college students over the years, colleges and universities, not a lot, but from time to time, and mostly was talking about trans issues and gender identity stuff and some in like in sociology and different, different types of courses throughout the years. And a friend invited me this when I was in New York last year. And a student asked me, like, oh, do you think there's hope? And I know that we're supposed to. Harvey Milk's like, you got to tell people there's hope. You got to tell people there's hope. But at that, at that day, I was feeling kind of down. I was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I don't think things are going to go well. And I, I know that in spite of that, I, I do have some hope. If I didn't have any hope, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in the station. I wouldn't be living my life. If I completely had given up, I wouldn't be talking right now. So there is that part of me that does believe that folks coming together can, has always saved us. Not obviously not all of us because people have died throughout the years and but it is a matter of people coming together. So there is that piece of me that is hopeful and also I want to be realistic and cynical and just recognize a realist and recognize it like the pattern of history and we cannot trust the powers that be to protect us. If they decide to enact some legislation to do a rent freeze, yeah, that'd be great. Cancel student debt, that's great. Provide universal health care, that would be wonderful. Freeze mortgages too. Do that. Give us like 2000 Maxine Waters has suggested giving us 2000 every adult $2,000 a month. That would be fucking rad. I love all of these ideas. They should be put in place. And whether or not they are, we need to find, find ways to support we each other. So uh, in case that doesn't happen, we still have each other's backs to the best of our ability. That's, that's what I'm thinking about. Okay, so well my last thing in the last, not last thing, because the show's going to be on for a while. I've been mostly playing full records on the show because there's great record players here. The San Francisco Public Library has an awesome record collection, and I did manage to go before they shut down the library. Maybe it was like I've, I've also lost track of time. I feel like I haven't been here in ages. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was here last week. Okay. So, yeah, I went to the library, got a few books. They're mostly nonfiction. I've got some movies. There are some documentaries and serious movies. Probably not the best bet to be when one's going to be stuck indoors for a while. But, you know, I, that's the kind of stuff I like. Uh, okay, so, uh, and materials, and records. So I got some records, and so I've been playing full records because it's nice to hear vinyl and to have something tactile and have a record player at home. And it's just nice to, ha nice to have that, to read the liner notes, and some of the records have really great artwork, and it's just nice to have that connection and also just to hear a full album again. Um, because I, I grew up in the age of, you know, first cassettes and CDs, and I'm glad that records are coming back, I guess, for as much as we can do. And as nice it is to have a access to digital music and how widely accessible and you can carry it with you and it's, like, minuscule, it's also um, really nice about having a, a something, like a record. Okay, so, however, so the record playing today happens to be The Hurting by Tears for Fears. And again, I'm going on what was available at the library, what I what I felt like carrying, et cetera, from a few weeks ago. So I thought kind of, you know, overall fits in. And the first song I played, though, was I'm Afraid of Americans by David Bowie, and that's 
because I heard it this morning on The Current, which is the Minneapolis Public Radio. They have a radio station and lots of music stage substations that are great. And they have a 90s show every Friday, which that's my one. I have very few routines. Coming to the radio station is one of my few routines. And, oh, man, I guess I've been, like, indoors a lot because I'm talking a hell of a lot. That's okay. Radio is the medium medium for talking. Great. So, oh, uh, I'm also talking very quickly, I realize. So every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. here, Pacific time, it's like noon to one, I believe, in Minneapolis, they have a 90s show. And I grew up, I was in high school, and then junior high and high school in the 90s, so I have a, an affinity for lots of 90s music. And uh, today they were just taking requests and suggestions for music that either you feel you're feeling right now or that you wish you were feeling. And so that was one of the songs that was played, and uh, we were just like listening to it. And we're like, yep, this is uh, right on. So I know I've played it on the show before, but uh, definitely appropriate for times like this, given the response. I mean, I'm glad that there are there is shelter in place, and also given what we've – folks in China and South Korea have really taken a lead in terms of first just – you know, doing what they can to protect people and provide services for people. Also, Cuba, of course, has found working on vaccines and stuff, and Cuba's got a lot of doctors, and it's all of the lies that we've heard in the United States about socialist countries, and, oh, well, they're the ones with health care. They're the ones taking care of their people. How nice would that be? And then they're always like, oh, in socialist country, you like, there's, like, no choice in the grocery store. And then we see all these photos here in the United States of people hoarding and, like, having there not be enough goods for folks because people are freaking out and hoarding too much. Okay, speaking of lies, just going to call out the, like, anti-Asian racism that's been going on and the fuckface asshole in the White House. Um, I guess that could apply to a lot of people, so take your pick. Um, just using this as a way just to um, push racism forward is just fucked up, so I wanted to call that out and name that, and that's fucked up, and he can go fuck himself, as all the followers can of him. Also, I do want to acknowledge that... Uh, Oh, yeah, there's an article also in Rolling Stone. I may or may not get to it today, but it's just noting that now with so many folks at home, unfortunately, it's going to bring about, it's a very well possible, could bring about a rise in far right-wing extremism in that there's a lot of content online that some fucking asshole moderators um, on certain platforms, they refuse to take down Nazis because they're fucking cowards. And uh, so that's something that's going to be, unfortunately, a si another yet another side effect of this is that people may become radicalized online so part of what I want to say is just to um, encourage folks the opposite, to educate oneself and to share resources and kind of combat the, that narrative that's out there, which is looking to harm folks. And people have already, like there are some Asian Americans and Asian folks who have already been attacked here in this country. And that's because of this fucking bullshit nationalism. And it's really important to um, call that out and to end it. And... It's also just, like, the rage that people feel and the fear that people fear is very real. And also, we can direct it at our uh, public officials and the wealthy folks out there who have put us in this position, the billionaires who have been hoarding their wealth, the politicians who knew that this was going to be a crisis and fucking lied about it and made money off it. Those are folks that we should definitely aim our rage uh, at, I think. They're the ones who are responsible for why this is happening, not your everyday citizen just fucking walking around. Okay, putting that out there. So I will provide uh, ways, whether it's a petition, whether it's uh, writing something, speaking with folks, lots of ways to uh, 
to um, lots of ways to uh, show up. Okay, I'm expecting a call in, and this person called, um, and we're gonna test something out to see if this works. So I had my phone off because I usually have the ringer off. So that's just uh, why I'm taking a moment. So we're gonna see if this works here. We're going to, this is uh, E.K. Keith, who hosts the show here Saturday nights, and so we're trying to see if folks can call in on cell phones and see how that sounds on our system instead of the phone in the uh, studio. So we'll see how this, this works out. All right, so I'm going to keep on <laughs> talking. Oh, my gosh, excuse me. That was, that was unexpected. I apologize for that. So this has been like my own perspective on things, and I will be sharing lots of resources. There's a mutual aid. I'll keep talking until we get the call. Um, there has been a lot of resources out there. There's one that's like bit.ly um, forward slash COVID-19 collective care, which is this amazing resource. And it's like, initially it's like two pages, but there's so many links on there. Okay, let's see if this works. Um, hello? Oops. This is really hard in gloves. Uh, all right. All right. Okay, sorry. Gloves on. Hard to pick up. Try. You're getting the play-by-play the -play here. See if we can uh, answer the <laughs> answer the phone. Uh, see how this works out. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, another reason I kind of do miss textile tactile phones. All right, come on. Hello. Hello. Okay, let me try this. Hello. Oh my. Hello? I can hear you. Yay! I just didn't have the switch up. <laughs> Yay! It works, it works. Oh, awesome. Happy Friday. Oh, yeah, happy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. So what's what what's the good news you got for me, Rama? Uh, no good news yet. I've been ranting for the past half hour. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I will get to some good news though. There's a lot of resources out there for folks. Like there's a big page, uh, live document, um, which is at bit.ly forward slash COVID nineteen collective care. That's a resource for folks looking to help help out themselves and their communities through personal preparation, collective care mutual aid and advocacy. So I was gonna share some resources from that in a little bit, but first I just had to talk a lot and get my anger out. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. How are you doing on this yeah, fine day? Um, you know, I'm taking it, taking it slow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been reading some poetry, which is, you know, a good thing to do. I've been reading library books also. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, the library books that I got from before the library closed. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So I don't think I'm going to have that problem with, like, not finishing them and then they're due again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm reading some poetry. Um, uh, you know, thinking, thinking about, like, ways to to be healthy and happy and and supporting supporting community in times when we're we're isolated from each other. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely ample yep. time to think about it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so what else? What what's what's what about you? Um, I came in. I felt you're, hold, you're holding down at Mutiny Radio right now, huh? Yeah, I feel really good. Thanks for encouraging me to come in. It feels really good to be here. I brought. I mean, there are wet wipes here, and I also brought a bottle of uh, antibacterial spray. I brought some gloves, um, and I've just been like, you know, wiped down the locks, the chairs. Uh, I took off one of the microphone heads, and you know, clean that off. Did the board as <laughs> yes. best I can. And I've just doorknobs, et cetera, the locks. Yeah, so doing my best to um, sanitize it the best we can. I've opened the curtains to get some light in here. And um, awesome. yeah, just uh, it feels good to be here, and I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad you're there, too. I'm looking forward to coming in tomorrow to do uh, open pages from 8 to 10 p.m. Yeah, feel free to let's um, – you want to tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well – so tomorrow from 8 to 10 p.m. it's open pages, and we're going to have an all-phone-in show. So my feature tomorrow is really special. It's to Rita McKell, and she just published a book with Nomadic Press. It came out at the very end of February, um, and it's called Synchronicity, Oracle of the Sun. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm also excited that I, I get to help celebrate this book. Um, she's she's going to do a set, and we're going to have an interview with her. I'm going to interview her, and then there are going to be some cool, she's picked out some very cool women poets to also, you know, celebrate Women's Month this month. Um, and then we're going to have a thrown-in open mic, Roman. Cool. <laughs> yep. And so, um, you know, once our, our our book celebration is done with Charita McHale and and some powerful women poets that include so far Avacha and Jenny Lim are going to be phoning in and a couple more people that um, I'm waiting to hear. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah, and then it's going to be a phone-in open mic. So pretty much anybody who's got a phone can phone in. If, if they're listening in, you know, we're going to start just immediately following um, the, the poets um, for Women's Month. And then then the phone and open mic. It's it's gonna be cool. I've I've never done a, a phone in show before, so it's it's exciting. I've had phone in poets before, but this will be the first like all phone in show. So it's just gonna be me. 
Yeah. <laughs> me and the phone at Mutiny Radio. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I listening also, in. I will also be there early, and I'm going to follow up on your thorough cleaning with another thorough, thorough sanitizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels good to, you know, do what we can here to keep the station as clean as possible. Yep. Yeah, the poetry goes on. Yes, yeah, it's important that uh, folks still find ways to connect and listen to one another. Yep. Yeah, so let's see. Other things going on. Um, I went into my backyard into a little patch of sunshine. Oh, nice. And I want to, I, I recommend that to people. I haven't really been out much. I've been staying home, as we all are, except for essential things. But I, I, I want to recommend to people to step outside and get a little sun on your face, a little fresh air. It's important. Yeah. That'd be very helpful. Well, it's my first time on my bike in, yeah, I guess a week, and it felt really nice to be out and about. And, uh, you know, doing my best to stay away from folks to the best of my ability. There's more people out than I thought there would be, though, which I thought was interesting. You know, I think it's. It, I think a lot of people are trying to do that balance between, like, you know, going outside and taking a little walk and staying distance from people, you know, and staying home. And you know, like, it's it, it's a little bit. It's a challenging balance because we we do need sunshine and fresh air, <laughs> yeah, and a little bit of exercise, you know, and you know. Um, no one wants cabin fever. <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah, it's 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 strange. It's strange to manage all this, but here we all are together. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yes, I'm definitely reading a lot more. I'm, I mean, you know, yeah. I, not to get back to that. I mean, I am a poet and a librarian. I read a lot anyway, but um, I have to say I'm really like that the time to read a little bit more is is proving is proving valuable. Yeah. And, uh, there is that sense of so I, I'm going to recommend that to people too. And just a little plug for San Francisco Public Library here. Yes. So the branches are closed. Um, you can't go to the library, but with your library card, you can access their very robust digital offerings from San Francisco Public Library. I believe they have also made it easier to get the library card right now. Oh, cool. Um, totally online. I know that's definitely true for, like, any child in San Francisco. It's very easy right now to get a library card with a pen number so that you can access digital resources. And I would have, everybody needs to fact check me on this one. I'm pretty sure it's the same for adults, but don't be mad at me if it's not. Uh, they're, they're trying to make it very easy for people to access those online resources. Um, they have uh, two streaming video services 
that are free with your public library card. And then they have several ebook opportunities as well. So and audiobook and it's pretty cool. So if you know, if people are looking looking for something to do right now and just like a, a different a different source of media of, of various types, then I would recommend sftl.org. Check it out. San Francisco Public Library. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah they're, doing, they're doing a lot right now. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, you can get comic books in ebook form from SFPL, too. Oh, it's really cool. I didn't know that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hoopla. I love Hoopla. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, Access 360 for ebooks and um, Overdrive. Uh, yeah, there's there's Libby, Rib, oh, and that, yeah, Hoopla. Also, you can get television and movie series. Um, also, Canopy is one yeah. of the free streaming services from the public library. They also have Canopy Kids, which is unlimited now. The Can- Canopy mm-hmm. Kids is unlimited uh, checkout digitally. So. Yeah, for especially people who have children that might need a little extra screen time. Yeah. For better or for worse, that's probably how it's going to go right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's better to have, you know, more selection, I think, especially for kids, just to have content. Right, right. It's way more helpful. Yep. Yeah, so... I don't know, you know, I've been uh, been been looking at the butterflies and the hummingbirds, you Aww. know, there's a lot of plant flowering right now. Yeah. <laughs> that I am particularly you know, like I'm I'm taking 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 joy in the joyful things that are to be had in my my world that in some ways has become very small, but in other ways, since I'm using more, like, digital tools right now, is also getting larger in some ways, so it's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah. But I like the butterflies and the hummingbirds the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're still around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a really beautiful day. Like, it's, you know, it's, I was thinking, like, you know, like this whole global pandemic idea, it it really, it's at a huge contrast with the weather right now, which is just sunny, beautiful, cool spring weather with flowers and butterflies and hummingbirds. <laughs> it, it seems like, you know, yeah, just a real a real contrast for me right now. Yeah. But yeah, I'll take it. Here yeah. it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's an odd spring. Yeah. Spring is my favorite season, so it's definitely, it has, I've, yeah, a lot of, I know we all have a lot of feelings, and it's just, you know, the time of growth, and... You know, new things blooming and folks going outside more. So it is very interesting to be living in this situation where 
that's it's not as uh, accessible as it was before. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. You're just gonna. I don't know. Figure it out bit by bit, and um, um, hope for the best. Really, like that's the other thing. Hoping for the best. Trying to stay healthy and happy. Yep. Yep. Well, thanks for for calling in. Wow, I'm I'm so glad I'm so glad to to talk to you and you know and thanks again for like doing a little scrub down at Mutiny Radio. Yeah. I will be there tomorrow night from yes. eight to ten. Yeah. And just to remind people, there will be no in person performances and no in person audience. So. Please do not come. Stay home and phone it in for open pages from 8 to 10 p.m. That is um, on Saturday, which is tomorrow. Shoot, is it March 21st already tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so Saturday, March 21st, 8 to 10 p.m., it's a phone-in show featuring Tarita McCall and some special guest poets for Women's Month and an all-phone-in open mic till 10 p.m. So, you know, if anybody out there wants to, to listen in or participate, please do. It's, it's something different. <laughs> Thank you so much, EK. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show, Roman. Thanks for calling in and thanks for all your support. My pleasure, and same to you. Health and happiness to you. Yeah, thanks. All right, well, we will, um, yeah, we'll check in with you soon, and li- looking forward to listening in tomorrow. All right, sounds good. Yeah, call in if you like. I will. Think about it. <laughs> Maybe I will. I'll definitely listen. All right, my friend. Kay. I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye. Okay, you too. Bye. Big thanks to E.K. Keith for calling in. And again, please do listen in to the show tomorrow and also call in if there's anything you'd like to share. Um, I'm going to get back to playing some music, and I'll have some resources for folks uh, after this. So please do stay tuned.
been playing the record the hurting by tears for fears got a lot of resources i'll be sharing with you in the rest of the program here in no particular order i'm just going to go down through them see what we got i also wanted to mention last week's episode did not get uploaded um as we hoped it would so right now we're working on it and at the very least i'll play it after this one so if you're just tuning in live you can just stay listening and uh, and i also may have it so it'll just pick up for the uh two o'clock show okay since uh the studio will be empty then okay so a list of resources again uh, i'll go through some of them again and uh, some of them are really just have there's so many there so i can't really get to everything however providing what i can and what all these folks have put forward i think it's really important just to to share the resources that we have and information and at the very least as long as at least one person's listening and uh, they you hear something that may be helpful that you can tell someone else about or take action about then it's, it's all worth it so the first piece i'm going to read is about there's a lot of support going out there of course in mutual aid networks and because folks are used to taking care of one another so one group that i follow on twitter is the bay area worker support and you can follow them at b-a-w-s-u-p-p-o-r-t so again b-a-w support and it, this came out on march 19th in response to the financial impact of covid 19 we're happy to share that our sex worker emergency grant program is back up and running please visit bayareaworkersupport.org forward slash grants for e details and to apply and I'm going to read a little bit from the webpage here. So if you are and or know folks who are sex workers, um, this is one place that folks can get assistance. Uh, BAWS is reintroducing one of our community care structures by offering emergency grants for sex workers experiencing hardships during COVID-19. We're able to give small grants of $50 to $200. If you have a larger expense or ongoing needs, we will gladly promote your crowdfunding campaign on our social media or, you can, or can help you set one up. Uh, we want to love and support our communities as much as possible during this time. Qualifications. These grants are only available to current sex workers in the Bay Area who depend on sex work to pay their bills and do not have other forms of support. We ask that you not apply for these funds if you are working in a part of the industry that has not been affected by COVID-19 or have the ability to temporarily access this type of work. If you are able to receive support from your family or partner, able to find work in different industry, we have limited funds and these grants are intended for folks who do not have other options. Have these other options. Um, we are prioritizing requests from BIPOC, trans, GNC, disabled, and outdoor workers. That said, we are sensitive to the factors that make survival difficult for many dependents, documentation status, health, and will consider these when granting requests. To ensure that these funds are indeed going to our community, we ask that you provide at least one of the following forms of verification, a link to your current work website or ad uh, with your current info listed, a uh, link to your professional social media with your contact info listed, reference from one other current BAWS member or a mutually verifiable sex worker. Uh, we understand that it's not always easy to come up with verification and we are working on finding more ways to make these funds more accessible within the capabilities of BAWS um boss i should just say uh if none of these options are available to you please let us know why and we can try our best to accommodate we while we tr will try to meet everyone's request the number of requests prioritization and situation of those requesting will inform how much we're able to grant we will not be able to grant multiple requests per month 
We will do our best to respond to all requests within 72 hours, Monday through Friday, starting on Monday, March 23rd, 2020. And so again, if you go to Bay Area Worker Workers Support, so it's B-A-Y-A-R-E-A-W-O-R-K-E-R-S-S-U-P-P-O-R-T.org forward slash grants, you can fill out to this page. You can fill out more information and share it with folks. Okay, next up. And yeah, there's a lot of information here. Also, resharing the big resources I wanted to get to again, bit, bit.ly forward slash COVID, the number 19 collective care. It's a resource for people looking uh, out for themselves and their communities through personal preparation, collective care, mutual aid, and advocacy. You're welcome to add, to edit, copy, share these resources with the intention of helping communities come together and support each other and with as much attention as possible to all our communities' specific needs. If you think a list of resources is offensive, misleading, or mislinked, please comment. And they also say that http colon forward slash forward slash bit dot li forward slash coronavirus resource kit also has extensive resources. Um, I might go into these later on the show if there's time, but if not, I wanted to provide those because there's just so much there. The first one I mentioned, it says there's like there's two pages there. However, with each each of the links they provide brings you to other pages of much much more information. So like in the other resources page, there's so much there. I I mean I haven't even gotten to a fraction of it. So there's so much there, regardless of what your situation is, where you're located, um, geographically, what you you know your needs are. Um, the odds are there will be information there that can help you and or your communities. And also if you don't see something that affects you or that um, speaks to what you need at the moment, feel free to add that. So just, again, this is like a resource, an open resource for folks to be able to connect with one another and share information, which is really important right now. Next up, um, this is for the Bay Area, and also hopefully this will encourage folks in other places to do this as well. Um, this is from Scott Morris, who you can follow on Twitter, at O-A-K-M-O-R-R, and I've shared this as well. It's a, it's a map, an interactive map of Bay Area schools that have meal services available during the coronavirus shelter-in-place order. So you can find it either on Scott's page, which you can go to, again, on Twitter, at O-A-K-M-O-R-R, and this was posted 19 hours ago, so yesterday, so if you go to March 19th. I've also shared it. You can follow me on Twitter, at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, and it's really cool. It's just an interactive map. There are lots and lots of places, and this covers San Francisco and the South Bay up down to San Jose. We got the East Bay, Fremont, um, up to Mount Diablo, up to Vallejo, like up near there. So a little bit south of Vallejo, but like close to uh, – we got Martinez and around close to Benicia. So um, San Pablo, lots of places. Um so yeah, I do recommend folks sharing this resource with folks. Um, please do check it out. All right, that's the interactive map of food. Next up, um, side note, well not a side note because everything is connected. There's an article in the LA Times uh, that I uh, will at least here <laughs> read the, the headline here because there's a lot to get to. Um, I have reached my free article limit. Thanks, LA Times, I appreciate that. Um, and this is folks who have in. Let me see if I can find more information here. Um, it's pretty much folks who are inspired by the Moms for Housing in Oakland have taken over vacant housing in Los Angeles, which is totally fucking awesome and sending lots of love and solidarity to all the folks out there who um, have, you know, taken it upon themselves to 
um, secure housing for themselves since the people in positions of power and folks who can provide that are not providing that. So I really support folks who are doing that. So again, the article is in the LA Times. And let's see if I can find a little bit more information to help point you all in the right direction if you haven't read it yet. And or looking, so the title of the article is Citing Co Coronavirus, Homeless Families Seize 12 Vacant Homes in LA. And so yeah, you can find that at latimes.com. Much, much more information there. Okay, then, oh, this is another resource. There's so many resources, again, so many. So this is based in Toronto. However, um, even if folks aren't in Toronto or no folks in Toronto, I think at the very least something that's really important is that even if something doesn't pertain to the area that you live in, it can inspire folks to set up something similar to the area that they live in. So that's it's really important to share all types of resources at the moment. And this is uh, COVID resources, Toronto mostly. And this is from a, hmm, it's a sp I'm trying to think about the best way to share this location. So it's a Google Doc and it's a long Google Doc. So, um, hmm. How uh, how can I uh, help share this? Um, let's see. Oh boy, it's a uh, okay. This is a uh, okay. Get shareable link. It's a long link. All right. So what I'm gonna do is right now, as I am talking on the phone, I'm gonna go into Twitter, and I'm going to share this link right now. Uh, so again, follow me R O M A N R I M E R, and I've now shared it. Find me there. The on Twitter, you can like change your, not your handle, but the name in front of your handle. So mine is, we need healthcare, not warfare. So follow me on there. And uh, I've just shared the resource that's for Toronto mostly. So I'll talk, talk a little bit about this. And they have like links to a friendly neighborhood hotline, um, neighborhood support, different types of neighborhood support, a postcard bid to help self-isolating neighbors, uh, neighborhood pods. So that's something else that's been talked about there's been lots of work in, in for, don't for quite a while about creating uh, pods. That's pretty much where you, from my understanding of it, I've been to a couple workshops on it, is that you just kind of create a pod of folks that you know and trust, and you can rely on each other for information or to run errands or just ways, like a group of folks, a small group of folks. You want it to be um, big enough so that there's enough folks there that you can rely on if one person can't do something or is unable to do something. Um, but not so big that it becomes overwhelming and difficult to communicate with so many people. For those of us, like myself, who have been on an improv team, getting eight people to agree on anything, uh, like a name or a time to meet, can be difficult. So, But I'm guessing like around eight is probably a good size, too. So you have enough, you want to have like enough folks out there to do what you can do, and also not so many where it's difficult to connect with each other. That's my understanding of it, but please do read up more on pods, and this does have a link to that as well. There's also pod mapping for mutual aid. Um, there's how can I help COVID-19 Toronto. There's emergency survival fund for LGBTQ uh, 2S artists, performers, lip, oh, excuse me, <laughs> tip-based workers, and Glad Day. I'm not sure what Glad Day is. There's also a black emergency support fund from BLM Toronto. There's COVID-19 mutual aid fund for LGBTQI plus BIPOC folks. Uh, Caremongering Toronto, an online community. There is K GTA Community Volunteers, Canadian Muslim Response Network, the Donate for Better Toronto Coalition Fund, Better Toronto Coalition Weekly Webinars, Webinar on COVID-19 and Indigenous Communities, Davenport Helps, Caremongering Davenport, uh, Teva Food Bank in Missoula, 
the Kids Help Phone, Good Neighbors Project, Phone, excuse me, Food Banks Canada, uh, COVID-19, uh, Toronto Jewish Community Response to COVID-19, and that's COVID, uh, K-A-V-O-D, uh, Akin Rent Relief Fund, Help Feed and Support Those Impacted by COVID-19, Coronavirus Tech Handbook, Support Social Service Agencies in Toronto, Support Food Share Emergency Good Food Box. Okay, so these are lots of resources that I just shared. Again, they're mainly, they're mostly for Toronto. However, I think there's some also ways that folks in other parts of the world can participate and hopefully this will also influence folks to take on similar projects in their own neighborhoods or seek them out if they, um, odds are something like this probably already exists in a lot of neighborhoods. And again, as I've said before on the show, I am, this is like a, a drop in the bucket of the information. This is just only a, in this of all the information that's out there. This is only things that I have. Um, and of course, I've been reading a lot, maybe too much online. It's probably not good for my mental health. However, I want to just say there's so, there's so much out there. So again, this is just like a small percentage of what's out there. This is the what I have the energy to share. The time what the time I can share it. I'm trying to do also a a broad range of resources for folks too. So, and again, I'm only one person, only one person here. There's so much information and knowledge out there. There's also a lot of folks about how to grow your own vegetables indoors. Lots of information about that as well. Ways to stay sustainable, etc. Okay, so there's that. Okay, going along. Let's see, what else is out here? Um, next up, there is an anarchist guide to capitalism um, from CrimeThink. And let's click on this. Lots of good information in there. And if you go to CrimeThink, which is C-R-I-M-E-T-H-I-N-C dot com, and this was posted on March 18th, Surviving the Virus, an Anarchist Guide to Capitalism in Crisis Rising Total Totalitarianism, Strategies of Resistance. And they have lots of information here. I'll read a little bit about it. Uh, the pandemic is not going to pass in the next few weeks. Even if strict confinement measures succeed in cutting the number of infections down to what it was a month ago, the virus could resume spreading exponentially again as soon as the measures are suspended. The current situation is likely to continue for months. Sudden curfews, inconsistent quarantines, increasingly desperate conditions, though it will almost certainly shift form at some point when the tensions within it boil over. To prepare for that moment, let's protect ourselves and each other from the threat posed by the virus, think through the questions about risk and safety that the pandemic poses and confront the disastrous consequences of a social order that was never designed to preserve our well-being in the first place. They provide a text that offers medical advice for dealing with the virus, uh, one that's importance of mutual aid, another link that um, is mutual aid initiatives in the US as well as a link for mutual aid in Germany they have uh, surviving the virus. Longstanding anarchist forms of organization and security have a lot to offer when it comes to surviving the pandemic and the panic it is causing. First suggestion is to form an affinity group. The prospect of quarantine tells us a lot about how we are already living. Those who live in close-knit families or joyous collective houses are in much better situation than those in broken marriages. And those who uh, have big empty houses also themselves. This is a good reminder of what really matters in life, despite the models of safety that are represented by the bourgeois dream of a nuclear family home ownership and the U.S. foreign policy that reflects it, togetherness and care are much more important than the kind of security that depends on fencing out the whole world. Social distancing, and I've heard a lot of folks, this is, I'm talking myself, not the article, has have begun to really 
frame it as more physical distancing as opposed to social distancing because we're still socially connected. So I'm going to do my best to try to use that language from now on. Uh, must not mean total isolation. You, we won't be safer if our society is reduced to a bunch of atomized individuals. That would neither protect us from the virus nor from the stress of the situation nor from the power grabs that capitalists and state authorities are preparing to carry out. As much as the elderly are, are at risk from the virus, and also I'm just going to note that there, I read recently that it's like 40% of the folks are like 50 and under who have caught it. So it's also just to be aware that it's not just folks who are elderly um, who may be at risk because lots of folks also may be at risk, and it's really important just to, to note that as well. Um, okay, older people are already dangerously isolated in this society. Cutting them off from all contact with others will not preserve their physical or mental health. All of us need to be embedded in tight-knit groups in a way that maximizes both our safety and our collective capacity to enjoy life and to take action. Choose a group of people you trust, ideally people you share day-to-day -day life with, all of whom you share similar risk factors and levels of risk tolerance. For the purposes of surviving the virus, this is your affinity group, the basic building block of decentralized anarchist organization. You don't necessarily need to live in the same building with them. The important thing is that when you can cut down your risk factors to those you all share and feel comfortable with, if your group is too small, you'll be isolated, and that will especially be a problem if you get sick. If your group is too big, you'll face needless risk of infection. Talk with each other until you arrive at a set of shared expectations as to how you will engage with risk of contagion. This can be anything from total physical isolation to remembering to use hand sanitizer after touching surfaces in public within your group. Um, okay, so this is like, this is their words on it. I've been mostly not seeing uh, other folks except for my partner. So um, that's, you know, they're just taking that with a grain of salt. I've heard of also just more just like the isolation and stuff. So again, that's what they're saying in this article. I would say maybe also just find other ways of communicating with folks that it doesn't have to be in person and also not everyone lives in a collective house. So maybe find ways to take on what this is suggesting and, you know, make use of it in terms of what your situation is. And yeah, so um, the, the article has a lot of, from a network, they have a lot of options and information here forming a network, how we relate to risk, um, solve surviving the crisis, and lots of more information. I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. Strategies of resistance, uh, rent strikes, uh, in San Francisco, Housing Collective Station 40 has led the way by unilaterally de declaring a rent strike in response to the crisis. And they say, the urgency of the moment demands decisive and collective action. We are doing this to protect and care for ourselves and our community. Now more than ever, we refuse debt and we refuse to be exploited. We will not shoulder this burden for the capitalists. Five years ago, we defeated our landlord's attempt to evict us. We won because of the solidarity of our neighbors and our friends around the world. We are once again calling on that network, our collective feels prepared for the shelter in place that begins at midnight throughout the Bay Area. And again, this was previously posted. Uh, the most meaningful act of solidarity for us in this moment is for everyone to go on strike together. We will have your back as we know you will have ours. Rest, pray, take care of each other. And uh, for millions of people who will not be able to pay their bills, this makes a virtue of necessity. There's a lot more information here. And I'm just thinking, I spent the entire episode so far talking about this. Uh, 